Yes. Okay, so this is where we have to really get, I love in this time that we are, we have to be so careful of what we're saying in our words. Because if we're, this is sonship. So if this is sonship, we are actually walking with the authority of Christ in us to a measure. And we actually have authority in Christ in what we say and what we do. But everything that manifests in our actions are always going to come from our words or from a word of another. Do you know that God has bestowed such an awesome call on each and every one of us to speak good words, positive words, prophesy over one another? Even when we pray for one another, we are to be praying out the word of God and then be praying out of our spirit. It is so important to know that in this fast, we don't want to get caught up in the opposition of what everybody else is what? saying and then turning around and repeating what they just heard somebody said i mean we have to stay so pure this (laughs) our tongue needs to stay so pure in what we're saying and the sounds that we're making and what we are prophesying over people because it truly changes the atmosphere wherever you stand whatever measure of authority is in you when you walk into a place you change the atmosphere and you change the countenance like that And there are people, nobody wants to stay in a countenance that is not positive. You know, you ever meet people that glass is half full and somebody else says the glass is half empty? Everybody wants to say the glass is half full. (laughs) It really is in our nature to want to feel positive love, to want to receive things in a positive manner. Nobody likes hearing bad news. But there is what's called truth and love. Remember, truth without love is brutality. It's brutal. We can be so good at telling the truth and get nowhere with somebody because the sound behind the spirit is not the spirit of God. It's not the spirit of love. It's the spirit of whatever your soul is dealing with. Think about the pure words that come out of a river. The river, out of our spirit, rivers shall flow from our belly. Those rivers should be so pure with the love of God that it touches a person's heart no matter what position they're in. The authority that we have in choosing our words, we can't even do it. In our physical self, we do not have the power to be as positive and to prophesy what God wants us. We can only do it through Jesus, sanctifying our soul and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Come on, how many times have we said, I'm gonna be good, I'm gonna be good, I'm gonna be good. And then you turn around 10 minutes later and say, did I just say I was going to be good? Because I just, <laughs> I said all the wrong things. You know what I mean? Hey, I look at fasting as the same thing. Fasting is a behavior. But before we fast, we have to come into agreement. I'm going to fast vegetables only. Right? So we come into agreement. And then we try to make our own flesh submit to it. When we have to first give it to the Father, the Son, through the Holy Spirit, we've got to actually work the fast out. You know, an effective fast You're going to work it out. You're going to work it out. Jean said four weeks. Four weeks that we have to work out this fast. Well, I love it how it's in levels. You know what I mean? First, we're allowed to have just one meal a day of anything. Think about what we all chose for dinner. (laughs) Right? Oh, I did. I went right to McDonald's. (laughs) Okay? But now it's vegetables. And you know what I learned this week? This is just a little side fun note. You know what's really good? KFC green beans. I've never had them before. But because I was forced to only think vegetables, I thought, where can I pass through a drive-thru and get some vegetables? 
And who said it? Somebody said, I don't know if it was Charlena. They talked about KFC vegetables. Man, they are just as good as McDonald's fries. You don't talk about who has had them. I, and there is something they put in that. I don't know if it's the garlic or whatever. Oh, Sheila doesn't know the secret to them. Oh, well, yes, 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 yes. I just, I just praise God because... I, I just praise God because I actually found a vegetable that I like like a French fry. Okay, so when I get that, do I turn right at McDonald's or do I turn left at KFC? Okay, I'm going to be making some more lefts at KFC. Aren't you proud? See, look what fasting did for me already. All right, but praise God. But it's not in our flesh to surrender to fasting. It's not in us. It's not in us. Look at, I mean, come on. Francis comes in the day after Halloween. She said, I have no Halloween visitors. She bought her whole basket of candy. That was, I told her, Satan worked through you today. <laughs> I said, but I have Francis, I'm so glad we all still have darkness that, you know, we're working out of our soul. But anyway, so she's like, well, I don't want it. So you're bringing it into a house of fasting. <laughs> Talk about an opposition. Remember, we're in the season of opposition. But anyway, what the awesome thing is, we all rejoiced. We all rejoiced. You know how we all rejoiced? We all took a handful, put it in a Ziploc, put it in our desk for later. <laughs> Come on, did you do that? No. Oh, I did. <laughs> but praise God. And what I'm saying is, you know, we have to encourage when people are, everybody goes through different things at different times, but we actually have the authority invested in us. You ever hear that? With the authority invested in Christ Jesus, in me, I can bestow something on you. The Lord gave me this revelation. It was really awesome about how, and I really want to talk about how the spoken word from a person of position of authority. You can be out in the workplace, be doing your job, and every job has a level of authority. You can actually bestow a blessing on somebody in your workplace. And if you are truly under God and you prayerful, you're seeking him, you're really living from a pure heart, do you know God has to honor and bless that person that day? God has to do it because you ask the Lord to bless them from the power of Christ that's built in you. Now, the reason why this revelation became so strong to me was because Jean had said, we have to come up with new strategies for 2017 in the office. Let's, what are some new strategies? What is God revealing to you? Well, I woke up and the Lord took me to, um, it was a verse in Deuteronomy, I don't have it written down, but it was awesome where it talked about, it talked about how if you say, the key word is, if you say over somebody, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Well, it started running, like the revelation started building, because I would think about the Episcopal Church. And the last thing the minister would stand up and say is, may the Lord bless and keep you. Goodbye. Okay, everybody's out for the day. But you just thought that that was just what? Words. But they were empty words. They never meant anything to me. But now the word was becoming alive to me and the Lord said, strategy one. Now you go through and you bless, you ask for my blessing upon them and you tell them. You say, may the Lord bless you and keep you, all right? And I was like, okay, like I felt it rise and it was an instruction to tell for me to say, to use my voice from the heart of a person wanting to what? 
receive. My heart was, I wanted everybody to capture this. And it was awesome. So I started texting it out. I said, may the Lord bless you and keep you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And then I wrote, receive it. <laughs> right? So I come out of my room. I jump on Rachel's bed. Rachel, Rachel, you want to hear what God told me today? And she's like, what, Mom? <laughs> I said, I put my hands on her. I said, may the Lord bless Rachel Breon today in the mighty name of Jesus. And he keeps you. Rachel, how would you want to be blessed? She's like, I don't know. You have to receive it. So then I was walking through the house. May the Lord bless. And I called out everybody's name in this ministry. It was so awesome. I was calling out everybody's name. And then I walked into Rachel's room. Did you get it? Everybody's going to get a blessing today. Do you know what I mean? Do you want to be blessed? Rachel's like, yes, I want to be blessed. I said, Rachel, let me hear you say I receive it. She's like, I receive it. <laughs> okay. You know how you can be with your kids sometimes? The revelation's so excited in you that because it bubbled up, well, the moment I walked into the office, blessing started Jean received a blessing it was so awesome it brought me to tears Rachel received a blessing Mamie received a blessing we were blessings started to happen because as you pray the spirit has to unction you to speak these things sometimes we can get so into oh this is what my day is going to be this is what oh and this one's going to be a tough one today or this case is going to be a tough one today man you just start praying out that blessing we actually have that authority because him invested whatever measure is invested in you and your heart is right. Do you know God actually has to do it because you asked for it? Isn't that powerful? I want you to think about that. Paul said in all his letters, whether it was intro or whether it was end, let grace and peace be multiplied to you through Jesus Christ. So that's part of the multiplication. If I am blessed, and the Lord asked me to say that he is to bless Robin, then guess what? God is, Robin's gonna get blessed. Do you know what I'm saying? And so when we receive, we gotta learn how to be receivers. This is the season of receiving. Do you know what I mean? How many good of us are receiving? How many, can I look into your eyes and say, I love you, right? And you can receive it and really believe it. Do you know what I mean? How many times when people get close to you, you're just like, yeah, 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 right? But sometimes we need to receive what's coming towards us because there's a blessing in it. And I just wanted to open up with that because I feel it's so powerful for us to be able to think, we can't bless somebody, but my relationship in the Lord, I can be used to ask the Lord to bless them. I'm asking the Lord, bless Brenda and Tom, bless Teresa, bless them and keep them. Man, there's going to be a blessing. So I want everybody to keep that in mind. Hey, Mary, I want to keep everybody in mind because the Bible even says, oh. It's in Deuteronomy, yes. Okay. I, I heard a little spin to that instead of saying, uh, the Lord will say the Lord shall because shall is a little bit more powerful word yes, than will. Yes, yes, yes. In the, ver in the Bible that I read, it had made the Lord bless you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's awesome. But it is awesome, the revelation I really got on it, because sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves and what we're doing and what things and challenges we're having. I just want everybody to be excited about the power invested in you, that we have an awesome, mighty power of the Holy Spirit. And as our mind gets renewed, man, when we, we can speak something so small over something. For example, here's an example. I'm talking to Mamie. 
And I'm like, oh, Mamie, we need to call and get the CD player fixed. Right? And because I said, because that one's eventually going to burn out. Guess what happened? The next morning it burnt out. <laughs> yes, and I know better. You know what I mean? I should have just stuck on, we need to buy a new CD player. We didn't need to have that one burn out. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. Like, obviously, my spirit was coming in touch with something that we needed to shift. It was, it was such an odd moment. And when she told me it burnt out, I smile about that. We have to remember our words carry power. And they're going to carry power of the enemy or they're going to carry the power of the authority that God has already crowned that's invested in you. And everybody in here sits in here with authority in a measure for Christ. So it's important to use it, which opens us up to where we're going to start today. We've already talked about fasting and praise God because I just think it's God. It's awesome that God, for God to manifest anything on this earth, he needs us to do that. He needs his family to be speaking for him and helping everything grow. We are entering into area two, which is on page, for those of you who don't have it, it's okay because I'm just going to teach the verses out. But it's about praying to the Father as his children. And this is coming from, Gina's asked us to teach from this apostolic discipleship book. He wants us to go through these lessons as a group so that we know what's going on in them. And so, and it is awesome because everybody enjoy the, um, the fasting section. Yes. Okay, good. The fasting section was good, and we're actually applying it. That was what was the cool thing. Jean didn't even plan the fast and recognize that we were going into that chapter. That's what was kind of neat about the whole thing about God working. But in the devotional life, praying to the Father as his children, John 14, 13. Can you put up John 14, 13? And I like this because this really goes, it's so important to know our voice and know the power and what things we can do in him. John 14, 13. And keep me on time. We're going to be done at 7 today. We're going to be done at 7. John 14, 13 says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Doesn't this go with when we say, May the Lord bless you? If you whatever you ask in my name, what does he say? I'm going to do it. That, so who can be glorified? The Father. It's so important. Our relationship, our intimacy with the Father actually guides us into being able to follow the instruction he wants us to do, the things he wants us to say, and especially if it's in his name. Do you ever have sometimes where you just, your, your faith is so built up and then we forget to mention his name? Have we ever had those moments where you just, for, in Jesus' name, I've had those like, you know, you know to say it, but sometimes we get so caught up. But in this it says, the most, In most churches throughout the world, prayer has been an unpopular movement, which usually begins with a small group of people who, as they pray, begin to motivate others to do the same. Sadly, women make up the majority of those who inhabit prayer and intercession in the church. Now, I like this. Jean's been really strong on intercession, us pulling together an intercession team because... Prayer has to go before things that manifest, but it's got to come from our spirit. And if our intercession team isn't in unity, if we're not called to pray for this ministry, we need to have people that pray that are called to this ministry because it's already been revealed to them in the spirit. These visions have been revealed to some people. The building has been revealed. The people, I mean, I know the Lord really puts on my heart, the people. There's so many of you I saw before I ever met you. I mean, it's amazing how I've seen the faces in the dream, and then the people manifest. The same faces. 
And that's what's so awesome because God's put it in my heart that that face is somebody that I need to do what? Pray for them. I, I need to start asking God in Jesus' name what he wants to do. Because when he tells us what to say and what to do, he's going to do what his plan was to do. He's not going to deny anything that comes from the Spirit. But intercession is an important part of that. If Luke, if we carefully analyze Jesus' life, we find him praying eight different times. What did he pray? What did he pray about? How did he pray? What was the result of his prayers? Jesus lived like any one of us, except that he did not have the fallen, Adam, Adamic nature. And he lived in total obedience to the Father, which is where his power and authority came from. The key to Jesus' success in ministry was his prayer life. He learned to pray as a son and developed a powerful and personal relationship with the Father. That is what we are trying to do in this ministry. We want people to grow in worship so that they can pray effectively. Because when we enter his gates, we have to enter in through what? Praise and thanksgiving. When we break in through praise and thanksgiving, just like when we sat down here today to gather in fellowship to talk about his word, what did we do first? We praised, we thanked him, we entered in so that now we can actually have a successful, effective prayer life with the Father. And so, and he wants to commune back and forth with us, even in the things we don't understand. But the awesome thing that was so successful is that his prayer life was powerful because his bond with the Father, it did not have any interruptions. When we talk about we live on the first heaven, we have to intercept, we have to intercept the second heaven. I was teaching this to a new person that's coming to our ministry that we can live this great first heaven experience. But if we're not connected with God, the second heaven of Satan wants to interrupt our communication flows with him. Hey, think about it. When we're sitting on earth and there's the third heaven and we've got darkness, can you imagine having the best shake that, you know, like a chocolate shake and then going and getting a coffee stir to sip it? No, I'm serious. And you want that shake, and the only way to get that shake is through the coffee stirrer. Right. Okay. That's how God looks down on us. All he wants, we are like his chocolate shake. All he wants is for us to descend up to him, ascend up to him, and descend back on earth and do what he says. We are to ascend up, and we are to ascend down. But if our open pathway is like a coffee stirrer, Come on. He, we're not in an effective prayer movement. We are, it's, hey, come on. And especially if it's got some chocolate chips in it. <laughs> You're not getting anything stuff like that strong because once you get a chocolate chip, trust me, I, last week because I could have anything for dinner, <laughs> my dessert was a frappe shake with some chocolate chips, <laughs> which really brought the revelation to me because I've never had one of those. I've never had something where it gets stuck in the straw. And you know what, I'm gonna tell you, you know those mega straws where they're wider and you could suck up the whole drink in seconds? How many, <laughs> how many times we have gone and got a drink with a big straw and before you know it, we didn't even enjoy it. We already took it in. It was already gone. That's a good relationship with the Father. That's what he wants. He wants it to be so moving up and down 
that it flows like the big straw versus the coffee stirrer. That's really how the Lord showed it to me. He said sometimes our prayer can be like sucking up a coffee stirrer. You know what I mean? But getting that good thick shake and you're not tasting it. He's, he wants to taste us. Do you know that? We want to taste God. But think how much he wants to taste us. If he uniquely embedded us in our mother's womb, and he knows every hair of our head. And he knows everything about us. He wants an ingathering for God is tasting us. Is us bringing our unique creativity up into him in our worship and our prayer. I mean, we, that's why, come on, in the Catholic Church, in the Episcopal Church, when you pray, you just pray out, you know, your problems. You know what I mean? You're not praying for a relationship. I didn't learn that there. I'm not saying they don't pray right. I'm just saying what I learned. I did not learn how to pray. All I learned was how to talk one way to God. I didn't know that God was supposed to communicate back to me. And that we actually had power in my prayer of word when I confessed him out to the atmosphere. That's what's so awesome. The power of the sword is when you have complete understanding, exactly know what you're praying, do you know when it is impromptu by the Spirit? Because think about this. We said truth without love is what? Brutal. But love without truth is hypocrisy. That is an empty relationship. That is empty. You can actually speak certain things, but there is complete emptiness behind it because it was not prompted by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't prompted by a relationship. Every time the Lord has downloaded words to me where he is talking back to me and I'll ask why and he will give me the and I write these words. It's amazing. Every time I say certain words and I've repeated some of the words over and over in my teaching and every time I can feel his spirit go out with him because why he gave it to me in my personal time and when he gave it to me, he expected me to what confess it at the prompting of his spirit, not every minute on the minute. Do you know what I mean? He wants me, as it starts to bubble up and it comes into my mind, I am supposed to what? Speak that out. And when we speak it out, it changes paths. It changes crooked places. It brings down mountains. It changes exactly. God gives us everything in the beginning of the day. If we worship and pray, he will give us everything we need for that day. And I'm telling you, when you say that, you can, you can deflate the enemy and make the enemy flee just by the power of the word, from your prayer time, from your prayer. Jesus, I love this. I remember when the Lord showed this to me. Power is a good thing. Satan has power. But the difference between Satan's power and Jesus' power is Jesus' power is purified. Purified. He's got a thick straw. When he lived on this earth, he was up and down with the Father. It was pure-hearted. It was pure motive. Everything about it was pure revelation. It was fresh. It was new. None of it ever copied anything else. I loved it when Dr. Siddiqui said to us one time, copy, but copyright. Yeah. Get it? Copyright. Not copyright. Copy, but copyright. When God downloads something to you in prayer, I'm going to tell you, if it really hits your spirit, you are speaking exactly as you hear it every time. You are speaking it. It just... There is no, oh, was it this word, was it? Nope, this was the word. And when you it comes out, it comes out and it changes because of the purity of where it came from. The one thing I love about King Jesus Ministries is their music. Their music is really good. He gets every single lyric 
from his time in worship and in prayer. And when he gets the lyric, he gives the words to his head worship leader. And then she creates the melody behind it. But you know, when you walk into that place, I am telling you, the music works every time. Where? Because where did it come? It came out of the what? The third heaven of worship and prayer. When you look at these visions, I like it when you do have, you do have people come in and they're like, okay, yeah, what's up with these visions? But I'm going to tell you, when you sit down and you start teaching these visions, you can see the power of God overtake the person. And when it overtakes the person, it's because they came from a worship, prayerful relationship in the third heaven. So God wants us to be like the thick super straw. He wants us to actually engage, and he wants to taste what our fiber is. He wants to know what our thoughts are. He wants to know what our hurts are. He wants to know what our happiness is. Sometimes we enter into prayer thinking, well, God doesn't really want to hear about that today because he's got to, right? We, he, wants to, he wants to hear about all these other things because there's a lot more people that their prayers might be important. Or I'm just going to tell God, you know, the best things about the day. I'm not going to worry about something that concerns me. How many times have we just decided how God wants to hear us? Right? Sometimes, and I, I mean, for me, in the, when I was sitting in the, um, in the Episcopal Church, I just thought I was supposed to tell God everything I did really bad because <laughs> we had to go to confession. Do you know what I mean? But I didn't want to tell the man what I did bad. I just wanted to, you know what I mean, because it was required. But every time you would go towards that confession box, you were thinking, how can I make it sound better? <laughs> how can I get off the hook on that one? You know, how can I really come off better than what I know my real sin was? But see, that's what I, that's what I actually resulted God to. I actually resulted God to being a person who only wanted to hear the nice story. When God wants to know the true story, he wants to know what we're really going through, what decisions we really need to make. What, if, if we invite the whole, I love this. When we invite the Holy Spirit in, like I said, I have some people challenged on this. They're, they're, one of my realtors, she's so sweet. She heard me say that when I first was learning how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to the Father, I asked him every day, what shirt should I wear? Because the Lord said, now ask me what clothes you should wear. So I would pick a shirt. But the confirmation I was wearing the right shirt is Gene always had the same color shirt on. I mean, no kidding. But he was showing me, yes, you're hearing me. And then it became funny. And so then when I got into it, I started wearing the opposite color shirt, right? Because <laughs> it was looking crazy. We would come into, and then Gene and I did it for like 30 days. We said, I'll, I'll, I said, I'm going to pray and ask what shirt, color shirt to wear. We hit it every time. Same colors every day. See, there's only one spirit. See, but God wants to show us how he hears us and how he can prove to us, I don't do that every day now because I know who my God is. I don't need to ask him what shirt. If he says to me, Lee, I want you to wear that shirt, then I'm going to wear that shirt in my closet. Sometimes we pick things unbeknownst to us and it's exactly what God needed us to have on for the day. All right, that's what our prayer life is like going into our closet. What are you going to put on for the day? What did you hear me share with you in that time? What are you going to say to the people? Because what you say is what they're already going to be ready to hear, whether good or whether it's bad news, but it will always be stated with the power of his love, with truth. And people will receive it like the thick straw. Do you know what I mean? And you have changed the course of somebody's life for that day. Isn't that beautiful? So we, everybody has people they have to minister to every day. And it doesn't mean ministry as, hey, let me bring you into Christ. Let me hold your hands. It, it can be just your presence sitting down. We were talking about it. Just having a presentation in your job. Going over a budget. 
taking care of a client. Do you know what I mean? Taking a phone call of the UPS guy coming in the building. You never know what thing God has planned out for your day. But if you've worshipped and you've had prayer, then he will tell you what to say that's going to bless him in his name. And it, I mean, it is amazing how it works. It's just so beautiful. But Jesus' relationship was so pure with the Father that that's why when we get to this column, this represents Jesus, full of everything God has in him. And his relationship with the Father is to glorify. He wants his Father glorified on the earth. So his relationship, that's, this is a really tough straw, but this is a really thick straw. And so it's a very fluid relationship. That's what God wants us to have with him. But he wants to taste us. He wants to feel us. And he wants to, in return, give us a taste of him. He wants us to feel us. When Jesus taught on the subject of prayer in the book of Matthew, he first teaches how not to pray. Luke 11 The disciples want Jesus to teach them how to pray in a manner that John taught his disciples. This was the wrong way to pray. So isn't this awesome? Take time. Read Luke chapter 11. It will tell you what not to do. But here are three things we cannot do when we pray. This is coming from that section. Three things. One, don't pray like the hypocrite. Please put up Matthew 6, 5. In the Greek, the word hypocrite does not have the same negative connotation as in English. The Bible times, a hypocrite was a stag player or a stage player. One who acted the part with his face hidden behind the mask. When he, when he exited the stage, the mask was removed for all to see who he really was. Isn't that awesome? It says, and when you pray... You shall not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say unto you, they have their reward. See, that is a lack of purity. That is doing it for just letting your voice be a sound. Come on. Sometimes, I know this in sales, we all have our good presentation line, you know, in sales. But... I'm going to tell you, when I came into Christ, my whole sales line changed. It's like everything I would, that would be what would come to my heart that I thought was right, God was going to purify it. And now my presentation is completely different because I'm not worried about receiving the job. I'm worried about doing his work. So if I'm prayed up for the day, everything I say at that meeting is going to be everything that needs to be said. And if I'm to have the job, I have the job. If I don't have the job, I don't. But our words cannot be formulated what we just say because that's just what got us the job the last time. Come on. When we were kids, you knew what line you could enter in to your parent to try to get you to receive what you needed them to give you. You know what I mean? Everybody knows a glitch in their child. Everybody knows a glitch in their parent. Everybody knows a glitch about a way to express. And we all have manipulated our words and our actions hoping to receive but see God says you don't have to manipulate like that now you just have to worship me pray with me and I'm going to effectively give you all the words that need to come off your tongue I'm going to give you what words you need and even if he doesn't give it to you like writing down at seven o'clock in the morning as you're sitting there the spirit rises and the words just come out how many I love this it says I love it in Mark um 
16, 17, where it says it, you know, you know when you're called to witness because you can cast out a demon. You know when you're full of the Spirit, right? It says that you will receive a new tongue, right? How, tongue means sound. How many people, as they grew in Christ, find themselves saying things that you would never say, and the sound of your voice, it came out so beautiful, and people just became so focused. You have a, when we come into a serious prayer life, you actually receive a new sound, a new sound. You can speak a verse, and the sound behind that verse has power. Isn't that awesome? There's a sound that everybody gets when they get full of the Spirit because now you are able and you are empowered to witness the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're able to change a heart like that only because you yielded to the Word and you spoke it with your voice with the sound that's vested in you. Isn't that beautiful? So when you, when you take a sheet and you have everything you have to memorize and you say, okay, great, if I gave you guys all a card and I said, we're going to go out and walk these boxes, and I, I'm not being prompted by the Spirit. I'm just saying, hey, this is a good activity. I read it. We're going to do it, right? But if I wasn't prompted by the Spirit and I asked you to memorize this card, this was done to me once. I was asked to take a card, memorize it, and go out to the streets to save souls. Well, then, and we had to role play it before we went out and did it, right? Guess who failed at role playing? Even though you know the sinner's prayer, right? But it was like, they're like, okay, say it like the card. Say it like the card. I can't do it like the card. I cannot do it. It doesn't work like that, you know? It wasn't prompted by my spirit. So I found out for me, when the spirit isn't flowing through me, my words are not as eloquent. They do not flow. I almost can't even memorize now in the state that of, of where I'm at in my growth with Christ. I can't even memorize something. Even if I tried, it doesn't work. Because he has to flow from our belly to our soul so our mouth can speak what he needs. It's so powerful that we cannot pray like hypocrites. Now, we are to meditate on the word. We are to even to work on time and memorizing and captivating that word. The word tells us that we've got to, to um, show ourselves approved. You have to spend time with the word. But that word tucks in and gets spoken at a time like, I always love this first testimony that I had where I spoke a word, I didn't even know what it meant. But the verse was in me, and I was in such turmoil. I fell to the ground, and it just came out. And while it came out, I had full understanding, never understand the verse before in my life. And it was, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I remember I heard it all the time. I read it in the Bible, but I never really meditated on it. But when it came out, it was coming out because the Spirit was praying it out for me because it needed to be spoken in the atmosphere for something to be canceled out. So we have to think like that. We don't want to be like the hypocrites. We don't want, like, we don't want to be on a person that says, oh, I'm putting on my Christian mask today. All right, but now just like on the stage. It says most believers attend church, sing, declare the victory, but when they walk out, the believer's mask is removed and they continue to live in defeat and rest of the week. Jesus said we should not pray as hypocrites as those who enter God's presence with a declaration of victory, but walk away with their mindset on their defeat. You know, you have to, when we, I love this, when we ascend up into the third heaven and the Lord gives us things to pray, what to pray for, you don't even have to even know what you're praying for. But then when the prayer comes forth, 
you need to it's got you need to write it out because as you at least for me you can speak it out but you also need to write it out and when you write it out in there is going to hit all the elements of the prayer God has asked us to pray it's always going to be glorifying God and edifying him it's always going to be to bring heaven down on earth it's always going to be to clear our soul to clear our heart of what we know is not right and then it's going to be to declare the victory so that he can take care of whatever the lord's prayer has an order but we have to put in different parts to it it gives us a frame if you don't know what to pray you can pray that but if we frame that thought when you start off that is really how prayers from the spirit come out if you're it's a, if a pure if a pure prayer is coming out it's exalting god first you are entering in with praising him automatically in that prayer you are immediately asking for his glory to come from heaven on earth it just comes out naturally and then you can identify whatever god what trespass you need to deal with and then boom there is a reserve we are i said this before we are we are syringes full of the word and when it's time to administer it comes out in that beautiful order it's always going to come out glorifying him so he reminds us there is rewards always we receive rewards from god but not in the sense of a hypocrite because if you're going to do it just to do it and speak it hey i did i thought this was really cool when i first came here i was given a book of the best prayers you can call out i thought it was really cool because i didn't know how to pray <laughs> so i mean i know how to talk to god but i wasn't talking up and down and we were talking back and i was really in prayer but now i don't use that book at all that book was nice to start to kind of get me a flow until the revelation of prayer came into my heart. And I remember teaching that revelation of prayer. Now it just bubbles up and I'm telling you, it like flows in that form. And I'm amazed when it comes out. I, I go back in my prayer journal and when I read what I wrote out of the spirit, shocks me because it doesn't sound like anything I'd say. It doesn't sound like anything that I was even smart enough to write. It overwhelms me. Rachel, when um, the, the hurricane was coming in, Rachel, of course, you know, got the house all closed up, took all her valuables and everything, and she said, Mom, what do you want out of my room? I said, just take my first Bible, the first Bible that I ate up. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, old. I said, that's all I want is that Bible. So and what I thought was most impressive is Rachel said, Mom, I took more than your Bible. She said, I said, what did you take? She said, I took all those books of all the prayers that you have ever written. Because she said when she reads them, she feels the Father come onto her. She says, I want those the rest of my life. Isn't that awesome? She took that. That was more valuable to her than anything else I had in my closet. And then she put them all in a bag, and they're still sitting in my bathroom to be unpacked. <laughs> but I like it because those are the prayers that are the effective prayers. I love it when God puts us in an order of how we are to enter into him. And if that's how he taught you, that's what you need to enter into. Nobody has a right or wrong strategy if it's by the Spirit. Okay, God has us in how we to prep. I've learned one thing really awesome, and I do this, and Sheila taught me this. When Sheila said, one thing that's good to do is take oil. You know what I mean? Anoint your head, anoint your feet, anoint your hands. Pray out, covering the blood of Jesus on your house. That is a good way to start getting the Spirit. The Spirit has to be stirred. Well, you know what? I started doing that. I have these two little bottles of oils when I get up in the morning. I anoint my head. I anoint my feet. I anoint my hands. Sheila taught me that. But you know what? It stirs my spirit when I do that. But that's not something that, it's something I had to actually take a step and start doing 
and it comforts me when I do that. You know, and the two I have, one says purity and the other one says joy. So I look at them. Do I want joy or purity today? <laughs> Which am I anointing myself with? I'm being cute right now. All right, but I, what I'm saying is it's important for us not to be a hypocrite. Make our words be stirred by the Spirit. Allow them to come out. Never pray, number two, never pray to seek praise. Put up Matthew oh, at 6.5. Same thing is when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and other corner streets. They may be seen. When you want to be seen doing something, it's because you want praise. How many times when we were little that we did something, we want our mommy and daddy to tell us we did a great job, and we put it in their face, right? You know, well, what do you think? You did a great job, right? But the best, the best type of praise is when somebody tells you you did a great job and you weren't even seeking it when you actually get lifted up to do something and you were shocked that you were blessed with that. Hey, just a thank you is a blessing. Just honor is a blessing. Acceptance of somebody is a blessing. There are many times that we can receive things unexpectedly. And so that's why I was excited about yesterday. I wanted my real estate agents all to receive something unexpectedly, not from me, but from the Lord. I wanted them to really receive that from the Lord. So we shouldn't seek that. Some people try to impress others by boasting about how many hours they pray. They have developed a high level of spiritual pride and believe that they are better than others because of how long they have prayed. We should not be preoccupied about what others think of us. Rather, we should be concerned as to what God thinks of us. See, I love how he created us each with our own taste. Do you know what I mean? We, everybody in here, he shows us an order and he shows us a guide but he still wants our unique individuality, just like the oil. He wants something for us, something he shows us. I loved it when um, Anna Maldonado, I love this, those, um, those um, the mantles with the tassels, the mantles, she said God told her to go to a warehouse. She bought one of these mantles. He says, now I'm gonna teach you how to praise and pr enter into prayer of intercession but he said, you're going to hold this mantle, and you're only going to use it in this way. And he showed her the ways to use it. But that's what God showed her to prepare herself in worship to enter into prayer of intercession. So that's why we're not to be alike. We're to be unique because he already created us to be that unique. Number three, it says, do not pray using vain repetitions. Matthew 7, 6. Okay, five, thank you. And, we'll, and that will be the last thing for today. Matthew 7, Matthew, I'm sorry, 6, 7. Matthew 6, 7. It says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do you know, this is one thing I remember that revelation, the purity of God's word, the purity. You only have to say that word once. <laughs> you only have to say that command once. You only have to say that instruction once. And it hits home. I know sometimes when, that, when it would bubble up in me and I would say something that he would say, I would repeat it because I needed to keep hearing it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Meaning because it was so good. You were just like, oh. you know what I mean? And you wanted to capture it. But it's so beautiful. We can actually get into, like that prayer book. If I still today, seven years later, opened up that prayer book and relied on that prayer book to manifest something in, then I am way off base. 
I have not matured in the Christ at all. I'm not saying that the book is bad. I'm saying, but as you mature, the prayers, the effectual prayers, are the ones that are going to come in the up and down relationship of going from the first heaven to the third heaven. They're the ones that have the power. Because when you descend down, when you're descending down out of that third heaven, sometimes you are hovered right in that second heaven. And that's exactly where God wants you to speak the word. You could be in that... Oh, it's when I met, I mean, the first time I had this experience was Robin. When the Lord showed me Robin was to come to my house, I descended out of the third heaven and I hovered in the second heaven. And the Lord showed me things in the second heaven. And I just remembered speaking to those things while I was in prayer. And I didn't even know what I was praying about. It wasn't until six months later that the Lord showed me what he was trying to have me pray about, which I had to do with Robin because I saw, I saw Robin in the spirit six months before I ever met her. Isn't that awesome? See, think about the power in our relationship of intimacy. There is a power of purity. Purity. Purity is not trying to figure out what you just saw. It's just pray out what he tells you to do. Do you know what I mean? Follow the unction of the Spirit. Don't think so much. We actually stay in the second heaven heaven when we think about things too much. God can be showing us things, and then we start speaking for the devil. Because we're trying to figure it out. When he didn't ask us to figure it out, he just asked you to do your part. He asked us, do your part in prayer. You, none of us in here can save the world. Jesus came to redeem the world back to God. He just asked us to be the vessels to, to be used in that time. Isn't that awesome? Everybody in here is a special being in here that God just doesn't want you to memorize prayer. I mean, he wants us to, he wants us to invite in the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit speak out the prayer it's so awesome we don't want to be heard for our many words we want to be heard for the purity and the power of the word sometimes the shortest word is the strongest thing hey when jesus said go a devil departed you know but he had to say go when he was told to go he just couldn't go up to somebody he saw devil infested and said go 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 i cast you out it had to be all done by a relationship an intimate tasting smelling Feeling, Come on. God wants to immerse himself down and wrap himself around you. He wants to show you the things of the third heaven. And he wants you to, and he wants us to share those things. But it's got to be from an intimate, an intimate relationship of worship. Always worship first. Then the prayer. All right? We can't just get up. And we can start praying right away, you know, in the spirit. But what I'm saying is if you worship and you actually get a message. That's what I'm talking about. And a prayer that can break something because it was already you tarried to be there. And when you tarried to be there, he's going to show you some things to pray about. I'm not saying you can't just get up and start praying and praying in the spirit. And that's all good because what does that do? Stirs your spirit. There's a stirring. There's a stirring. But what breaks an atmosphere is when you speak a word. That you, the under, the soul and the spirit become one. You speak it, it, that's it, it's done. It is what? Finished. It is finished. So I just praise God because next week we'll start going over where is God's secret place. And Gene's going to be teaching on that. And so this was just the open, the thinking about our prayer life. Let's start thinking about the importance of what we, what are we saying? And what, where is it really coming from? You know, and so it takes time. We have to build that relationship with him. So no more coffee stirrers, right? We've got to be open and broad to the thick straw.
so we can carry up and down, be that constant, um, there's a word they call, conduit? Yeah, what is that? It's something like electrical thing? Yeah, right. He wants us to be open for the flow. And I know that everybody in here, I know everybody in here is full, saved of the Spirit, awesome. I know everybody experienced this. But I hope you leave today with the excitement of knowing how valuable your words are and how valuable and easy it is in the relationship for him to muster up some words that you didn't even have to work to think about. And then you're just like, what? Like I'm telling you, go. If any of you, how many of you have prayer journals that you wrote out your prayers? Go back and start reading some of them. Talk about the awe. Because Rachel put them in a bag. I opened one and started reading it. It was like, I did not write that. I said that. I did not say that. Because I didn't say it. The Spirit said it. So it's amazing. Um, the one thing the Lord has really worked on me is writing out of the Spirit. You know, Gene and Zinni have asked me to write the book, to ghost write the um, What's Holding You Back book. And I'll tell you, every time I try to write it in my flesh, I can't do it. I can't even do it. When Gene asked us to write our testimonies up on the board, every time I read mine, I still feel the Spirit come through it because I did not write that. I read that, I'm like, I wrote that. I reread it every once in a while. I say, that is like, that is God. <laughs> so it's awesome when we can give Him the glory. See, that's the thing. He said He will be glorified in anything that he musters up through us. So in his, our words have his glory on it. So praise God. Try writing out some prayers and then go back and take a look at them. Or if you already have, go back and look at them. And then ask yourself, where was I then? Where am I now? So that's a good thing because we've, I mean, I, I didn't write that stuff out in the beginning. I remember I heard the Lord say, start writing your prayers out. I didn't do it because <laughs> I didn't like writing. Because when I grew up, if you wrote something, it was used against you. How many people have had that happen? You wrote something out, and it was used against you. Yeah, and I didn't. So now I've had to learn to trust that if he wrote it, then I don't have to worry that it's ever going to be used against me. It's going to be used for his advancement. Does anybody have any questions? Yes, maybe. I would like to wish my husband a happy 33rd oh! birthday today. Woo! Happy birthday. That's a blessing. Carl is 33 years old. 33. He's Jesus' age. Yes. All right, let's just pray. Let's just, let's just thank him. Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. Father, we just honor you for sending your son and doing what you have set out to do. Lord, I thank you for teaching us your ways, your truth, and your life. Lord, help us to develop a stronger prayer life, to open up the straw, and to bring us into an ascending and descending relationship from the first heaven to the third heaven. Lord, because we know no weapon can be formed against us. And we know that every darkness and principality will have to come under your feet. So, Lord, we receive your words. And as we speak those words, we know that the, that the victory is yours. And we will glorify your name and lift up and exalt your name in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may, and may Jesus multiply you in grace and peace. May he multiply that. Yes. Receive it. Praise God. And Gene will be teaching next week.